everyone. Welcome back to the Thrive in EDU podcast. I am Rochelle Danae Poth. This is season four, episode number 27. And if you are just joining in, thank you for choosing to listen to the podcast. And if you have been listening, I thank you as well. And before I forget, I would love for you to do a couple of things. One, subscribe to the podcast. Two, join the Thrive in EDU community on Facebook. Uh, it's a great community for educators to share the work that you're doing, to ask questions, to have support, to have some fun. I created it as a space just to do all of those things a couple of years ago. And of course, Rochelle, not Rochelle, Mel and I go live and we have the Rochelle and Mel Thrive O'Clock where we have a lot of guests. And so if you have been listening to the podcast, you know that some of the episodes that I have shared have not been just me talking to myself. There have actually been conversations with other people. And that's because I've taken some of our live episodes and downloaded them to make them into podcasts just to mix it up a little bit. So if you've been listening recently, then you know that we've had some different guests on. Uh, we had Brad Wade as one of our guests. We had Josh from Everfy was on. We had Michelle from X2Vol before. I had a conversation with Iris, who's the CEO and co-founder of Tokens. And we talked about NFTs. So there have been a ton of uh, episodes and things and topics. And so for today's episode, what I thought I would talk about kind of to follow up from our prior episodes is ChatGPT because it is a hot topic and some people are just now starting to learn about it. Also exploring some of the different ways that you can use it, whether you are in education or if you are in any line of work or even just for your own personal use, not even related to work, there's lots of things that you can do with it. And so if you're just starting to learn about what it is, then let me give you a little bit of a background. I learned about it uh, I guess about three years ago, I, I helped to do some research on an article about uh, GPT uh, in 2020, and actually GPT-3 at the time in 2020, and I was amazed back then. And so flash forward to November of last year, so 2022, and then of course in December when it became more widely available for people to try out, it has really grown in terms of interest, uh, the, the people not just in education, but everybody has. It has grown in terms of topics of conversation, things that are happening at conferences and blogs and you name it. But AI is a topic that I've really been interested in and focused on for probably almost five years now. And it's really hard to keep up with all of the things that are happening. But over the last five years, it's, it's been okay. But in the last couple of months, it, things are happening so quickly. You're talking about regular AI. And then we're looking at this chat GPT and what it is and what it can do. We're looking at forms of generative AI and what people are creating. So I'm sure that you've seen a lot of posts out there, but for anybody who is getting just started, I'll give you kind of a basic overview of what chat GPT is. It's basically a chatbot, an AI chatbot that has been built it is an upgrade from what I mentioned earlier that GPT-3, which is a generative pre-trained transformer, and it's a, a trained, lang trained language model, which uses basically deep learning and it can simulate a human conversation. And there, are, I could get into all the technical details of it, but back in November, actually beginning of December, OpenAI, released this chat GPT for everybody in the public to kind of explore. And since that time, it has been, like I said, huge in many areas of life, people talking about it. So now that it's out there, you can put in any type of prompt that you want and it will respond 
instantly and you kind of engage in what feels like a conversation with a human it uses the language that humans would because of natural language processing so if you come across nlp that's what it is and what it does is it enables the computer to take questions prompts whatever the input is from humans and to generate a response that mimics a human conversation so when you've had interactions with chatbots you go onto a website and a little message pops up and welcomes you something like that it feels like you're actually talking to a person even though you know that you're not it's just been programmed to do that and so with this chat gpt there's all different types of prompts that you can give and there's even prompt engineering. So we could go, that might be another, that's gonna to have to be another episode. But anyway, think about some of the prompts that you might use in your classroom if you're a teacher or just in your everyday life or whatever your role is, the work that you have. What are some things that you need to generate in terms of content? Do you write lesson plans? Do you write newsletters, emails? You go on social media and you're a social marketer and you create content for tweets or posts on all of the different networks. You want to translate things. Uh, there's a lot that you can do, but like I said, it's a large language model released on November 30th, and it's the newest one from OpenAI. Now, there are others that you can experiment with. You can try Microsoft Bing. You can try Bard from Google and compare and see if they're alike. Uh, how quick do you get responses? Then regenerate the responses and see if they're very different or if there are some commonalities between them. But the biggest thing, one of the biggest things is we need to check it for accuracy of information. So a fun thing to do is just have it write something about you and see if it's true. Mine was pretty spot on, except it said I had my PhD, which I may have mentioned that in a prior episode, but it's kind of fun to dive into that and see what it comes up with, how quickly it comes up with a response, if it's right, if it's incorrect. And I mean, it's just to have fun. So think of a question you might have and type in a prompt. And so maybe do something like write a list of 10 ideas for a project based on this topic, or you wanted to describe something. I always say photosynthesis. So write a description about photosynthesis. Okay, now change it and put it for a third grader, now an eighth grader. And you keep changing who the intended audience is. Um, it's going and gathering this information from this massive amount of data that it has been programmed with. It uses deep learning algorithms so that it can understand the meaning and the context behind what the question is, what the prompt is that you are giving it. And then it creates a response that's in a conversational manner. So I suggest you take a few minutes, even right now, dive into it and think of some prompts, maybe one related to your, your work that you're doing, one that's just for fun, and then one other that you make up. Maybe there is something that you've read and you're curious about, or maybe there's a concept that you teach in your classroom or you're providing professional development or whatever your line of work is. And you think, oh my goodness, I have to do this thing. Wonder if ChatGPT could do it. Type in a prompt and see, and you will be amazed a couple of things. One, how quickly you have your responses. Two, whatever you ask it to do, it does. So if you say, write me a lesson plan on this topic, include the standards, give me the activities, provide definitions, include discussion questions, and generate a 10, 15, 20 question, mobile choice, true, false, whatever type of assessment with it, it does it. Then you can have it change it. Maybe you want a different language. Maybe you want it to be for a certain grade level. Whatever you ask it to do, in most cases, I have found that it will do. Sometimes it does freeze and it doesn't work. So just refresh the page. 
it does keep that log. But as fun as it is, as much as it can streamline some of the tasks and the time that it takes for us to do things, there are, of course, concerns, as there is with all technology and new resources that we come across, especially in this highly digital world that we are living. And we have access to information from all over the place. Not that much different from what we've had with Google, except now it is just creating exactly what we're asking it to create. So we still, whether we use Google, whether we go on Wikipedia, whatever our source is, somebody tells us information, we have to focus on the accuracy of information, of course, and then security. And check out and make sure that whatever you're sharing in these different spaces, what we're providing our students access to is safe. Uh, according to the site, they say that the information that is generated by ChatGPT is encrypted and it is in compliance and it has undergone lots of testing before it was launched, launched for use in the public. However, if you take a dive into their privacy policy, you might want to spend some extra time looking at their privacy policy just to see what it is that they're doing with any of the information, the prompts and everything that you go and you put into that. And so at the end of the day, it's another tool. How we use that tool depends on how we experiment with it ourselves as educators, what opportunities we see for using it as something that we can bring into our classroom and help our students to understand it. What is the impact that it might have on them, not just now, but in the future when it comes to jobs that may or may not still exist in five or 10 years or even in shorter time, because it can create things. So it's not just specific to education. There are other roles, areas of work and life where this can actually, you know, eliminate some of those things. And I don't think that comes as a surprise to anybody because we've seen jobs disappear. We have jobs now that exist that five years ago, three years ago, we didn't even, they didn't exist. Or you think, wow, that's actually a thing. So I think the biggest lesson is not just in education, but in the world of work and in, in any area of life, it's just a technology that is now out there. And it could, like I said, potentially replace the need for lots of types of jobs. Things like customer service comes to mind. Somebody who's providing professional training, uh, who's writing lesson plans. I, I'm not saying it's going to replace teachers, but some of those tasks that are done, that maybe that's the only task that is done by somebody in a job, they may not need that person in that job any longer. But we still need somebody that's going to proof and check for the accuracy of the information. So that media literacy, that digital literacy is essential. So like I said, do some fun activities, do some, choose some prompts, put them into the chat GPT and see what it does. See if it's right. See if it provides some ideas. And in some cases, you know, there are a lot of benefits. There are a lot of things being written about it and I'm continuing to learn about it as well. But talking about if a student is, or ourselves, we're involved in coursework and we're learning about things and we're stuck, we need an answer. So we could go to Google, but we have to scour through all of those resources to find something. Or we could put it into ChatGPT and see what it comes up with and give it some things like, okay, explain this to me in 100 words or less. Okay, re-explain that to me but in 50 words uh, and vary what those prompts are and see, and then go to Google and put in the same thing. And so in my classroom, we've talked about it. The students know about it. And if they're not using it at school because it's blocked and they can't access it, it doesn't mean that they can't access it at home. And so giving them opportunities where we're involving them in conversations, helping to guide them to understand these technologies that are now and may continue to become a big part of their future 
we have to provide that space to learn. And you don't have to be the expert because I'm certainly not the expert. I'm just somebody who loves to learn about and share about AI. And of course, ChatGPT, because it's been many, many years in the making. And I still feel like I don't know enough. Uh, and that's okay. I'm continuing to learn from everybody else. So I would love to hear from you how you're using it, what you see the benefits uh, that, they, that they have, that it could be for us. What are some of the challenges, concerns? But I think at the end, we have to just be open to exploring different technologies. So it's not just us, it's all of us together understanding what the impact is now, what the impact could be in the future, and how we need to kind of work together and see what our impact is. Is there a way that we can make this a safer space, a more secure space, that we can leverage this technology? I mean, there's lots of different questions we could keep asking, and the conversation could keep going on and on. However, if you know anything about my podcast, when it's just me, I kind of like to keep them fairly short, just some ideas of things that I've done, things that I've seen in my classroom. And so just to sum it up, we as educators have an opportunity to work with our students every single day and can't be afraid to take some risks and learn and continue to learn about things that even maybe we might think that they're not applicable to us. For me, for years, I said, well, I'm just a Spanish teacher. I can't teach about artificial intelligence, augmented virtual reality. Stop saying the word just. Find ways to talk about these different technologies, whether it's this ChatGPT, maybe it's just STEM-focused activities in your classroom, augmented virtual reality, or just artificial intelligence in general. There are resources available for students in all grade levels through pre-K all the way through you know, senior year, high school, and beyond, and for us as adults. And we just have to emphasize that it's important to keep learning and growing and being able to have discussions about it and entertain different perspectives and ideas and uh, be open to new challenges that we may all face when it comes to technology and weighing out the good and the bad and the in-between. So I think that'll sum it up for today's quick episode here in between some other conversations with some guests. I know uh, Brad Wade, we had presentations on AR, VR, and AI, and some other times throughout I've talked about some of these topics too. So anyway, as always, thank you for listening. I hope again that you will subscribe to the podcast, join the Facebook community for Thriving EDU, and check out my blog, www.rdene915.com, because I don't just share blogs I've written, I post guest blogs. So if you have something that you've written or you've been thinking about blogging and didn't know where to start, let me know because I love to share the blogs of other people and it helps me to continue learning and growing as well. So thanks again for listening. I'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.